black radish, I can hear, like I hear Suster Lee, like world famous chef judge saying like, talking about like the black radish and the most, the, the best part of it is the skin. I'm like, Oh my fucking God. I just peeled this thing. So anyway, now I know it's a radish and I'm like, like I was going to cook it. So luckily I didn't do that. So I ended up making like this quick pickle, pulled it off, make this like great little fritter. Yeah. Just, just get the camera to pan. You're peeling it back out of the garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 911, what's your emergency? Welcome to Life Beyond the Sirens podcast with Brett, Tim, and Stu. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Stories and advice from frontline workers. Hey guys, and welcome back to Life Beyond the Sirens podcast. Uh, Today we have Patrick Matthew. He's a published chef he's also been a firefighter captain now for 24 years uh, super cool dude um he was on chopped canada at one point talks about his experiences growing up with cooking and experiences at the fire hall with cooking and camaraderie and has a lot of um, insight and honestly it was a great time chatting with him he's yeah. like i said super cool dude so the fact that he was on chopped canada wild season two was wild hearing about that yeah. but just that he never actually has any formal training as a chef. Obviously, you learn by participating in watching family members mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that, which is just seems like he has schooling a on its it. own. Yeah, yeah. But then to beat out other people that are legitimate, like and top they, end chefs, and they do this for a career or what? Like, yeah, that's, it's impressive. Yeah, and the fact that like Chopped Canada is like such a wild concept to begin with that it is like everything's a wild card and like, you just got to make something on the fly. You got yep. 20 minutes go. Like, and you never know what's about to happen. So it's just, you no, show could, up with, you show up with your knives yeah. and then they're, they just give you the ingredients. Could you imagine and showing up to go. work and somebody's like, here, here's a pair of bologna. And like, you got to make lunch. I'd be like, you've what? got 20 minutes. You've got 20 minutes. And if you don't do it, go home. Yeah. Like, exactly. uh, okay. Take your bags and go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know, like talking about food at work, obviously food's a big thing for firefighters. You guys, uh, what, what are your thoughts on on uh, meals at work? I like it. I, I like the fact that it's uh, it's a time for everyone to come together and um, it well, forces me to try and make some new recipes that mm-hmm. don't uh, don't always pan out as you might hear <laughs> later in the episode. But yeah, uh, it'd be nice if you actually did one that that did pan out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was that. a palatable oh. meal, if it was edible at one uh, pan eventually. Out, what a good food <laughs> oh, pun. Oh, pan out. Oh, good one. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the meals are a great time for the the whole hall to come together and you know and enjoy a little bit of camaraderie. Yeah, can, and like uh, like Patrick said uh, in the episode, you know, it's a time when all the stuff on calls, anything that's been going on at the station that day, where you can just kind of set it aside. The informal and, debrief. Yeah. And, Honestly, like I talked about a little bit in the show, like I've learned so much about myself and life just sitting at that table. So it's like, it's always going to be like after I'm done being a firefighter and when I retire, that's what I'm going to look fondly back on is like sitting around yeah. the table, all the different personalities that come and go, like the everyone stories, brings a unique thing to it. Yeah. Like that's what this job is. The core like relationship building is built around that table. All right, folks. So today on the podcast, uh, we have a published chef, also a firefighter, 
uh, for 24 years. Um, Patrick Matthew, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you got into cooking, how you got into firefighting, that sort of thing. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Uh, yeah, the, the firefighting, as you know, firefighters and cooking kind of go go together like peanut butter and jelly, right? So for me, it's just a, a long family history of uh, two things. So all my family's from Quebec City. My, my parents are the only ones that ever left. And if you ever been to uh, Quebec City, you know they're pretty passionate about their food and their cooking. So oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, just, yeah, great, great city, very European. And man, like food is not just to survive. Food's like a way of life, right? And that's yeah. just how I was raised in a, a big French-Canadian family. And uh, my grandfather and all my great uncles were uh, firefighters in Quebec City. Oh, cool. And my grandmama was uh, still to this day the best cook I've ever known. So, wow. I mean, being from southern Ontario and then going back to Quebec City, we would always go a couple times a year and I can still just remember the smell of my grandma's kitchen. And I just, the, the thought, the memories I have of her just literally in an apron from like the rise in the morning till you go to bed at night, just cooking. And everything and, tasted so good. Oh, so good. Yeah. And like now, now that I, I'm a, uh, a cook and I know the smell, like I just know it's like pork fat. Everything was just yeah. cooked in pork fat. And that's, <laughs> pork fat and bacon or uh, butter. That's, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, they so, refer to that as flavor. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty that's sure right. Yeah, called in the restaurant game. <laughs> yeah, you got that. So you go to a restaurant. And you're like, why does this taste so good? And you're like, my girlfriend would be like, oh, it's definitely just butter and salt. You're like, oh, oh yeah, man, that, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. That is the key. Yep, an absurd amount of butter and an absurd amount of salt. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, yeah. So my grandma, like she, like she w- would write out recipes and like they were passed down, like on her deathbed, giving them out to my aunts, my mom, and all of our family, and. It, they just really became like family treasures. And then when I started at the fire hall, as you know, like when you come in as a rookie, you really, you got to step your game up. It's a pretty big deal. Right. And so yep. you, you, you know, gotta, you have you that gotta impress. Yeah. You got that option too, right? Either cook or you clean. I'm like, man, I work with 12 dudes. I don't really want to clean up after these guys. <laughs> so I'll just start cooking. And that just, uh, you know, I had some pretty amazing old school veterans on my shift when I first started and, Cooking at the firehouse was the best job, right? Like you yeah. just, you were put up on a pedestal and uh, then especially when you get good at it, oh, you're yeah. kicking out some uh, pretty awesome meals. You are just the hero of the fire hall for, Everybody for knows lack of the, a better term. Who yeah. the good chefs are at work. For sure, right? And everyone so. knows who the bad ones are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that when you yeah. first started cooking, when you got onto the fire hall or was it a passion of yours prior to that? Yeah, you know, I think um, like the actual like cooking and um, I guess like really fine cooking really got honed in the fire hall for sure. I mean, I grew up around food. My family was very passionate about both foodies. And I always say like, if you're if you're a good eater, you'll be a good cook, right? So we just love food. Even now, when we go back to Quebec City, all the cousins and stuff like we total around like 40 people. We're just all in the kitchen, like cooking, drinking, you know, like we just we love it. Like we just love food so no like professional experience like i I never worked a day in a restaurant actually i worked one night one night in a restaurant that was about it but (laughs) um no no professional experience that way never worked in any professional kitchens it was just really uh, so how love for food you just like kind of had a knack for it like so my girlfriend is 
unbelievable cook. She'll literally look in the cupboard and be like, oh, I got like some, uh, got butter. I got an old sock. I got uh, some leftover <laughs> bologna. I'll make a souffle. And I'm like, everything she makes, I'm just like, what is this? Yeah. Like, yeah. how did this come in your brain? Like, I find like I am just the creative side of my brain just does not work with food. I need like a definite recipe. I can yeah. follow it. No problem. But like anything like, you know, fixing a house just like comes to me. I don't know why or woodworking. And like, I feel like everyone just has like a different side of their brain that works like that. Is totally. that kind of yeah. what happened with food for you? hundred percent. Yeah. So as I just started cooking in the fire hall, it just, yeah, it became such a love and a passion that I didn't even know. Right. And it just became, I mean, back in the day when I started, it was like when we were on days and four days, four nights, right. Yep, four on yep. four off. So um, just cooking four days in a row and then at home, like honing recipes and stuff. And, um, like I really have to chalk it up to my, my wife. Yeah. Like the, the creative stuff behind it. Right. Like, you know, what's like in the fire hall sometimes, right? Like you go into the fridge or you go into the pantry you and you're like, you got like, nothing, but man, I needed some, I needed some Cajun. God, like, <laughs> yeah, why, why yeah. do we not have cilantro? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it just, I was always pretty good at just turning something from nothing, right? Like yeah. I, I could always whip up something good and that kind of, uh, skill, I guess that's what kind of led me to go on chop Canada, right? Like that's yeah, pretty that's much pretty cool. what that show is all about is, uh, four crazy ingredients that have no business together and making yeah, something, make something really good out of it. Yeah. Right? How, so, how did you get vetted for that? Like, especially like if you're not working in a restaurant, it's like, I'm assuming it's from your book that was it? Yeah. I know uh, that, no, that was, yeah. Chopped or chopped was before the book. So oh, it's really? again, crazy story. Like, again, it was just, um, uh, my wife and I being passionate foodies, we would, uh, this is before four kids. So, you know, we, we Ample only had free time. <laughs> yeah. We had actually, we had two at the time. So, um, we would just like watch, we love the food network. Right. And that's when chop mm -hmm. Canada was pretty happening. And, uh, that we saw just a commercial that was coming to Canada and, so just, like worst, worst case scenario, like just apply. Right. So I applied yeah. and I really didn't have any business applying right? It Like chopped is for like trained or like you are, you have some business in, uh, the cooking industry. So you're yeah. either a chef, you're a line cook, you have a cafe, right? Everyone like, has their own like restaurant. and Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, like, uh, I was in the process of writing the book. I was already a food columnist for uh Canadian firefighter. Oh, okay. And I was uh, teaching cooking classes in KW. Like oh, cool. I had, uh, yeah, that couple cooking studios, uh, which again, going back, long story short, but um, auctioning off uh, firehouse dinners, right, at local oh, charities. Yeah. Yep. One of uh, the first individuals that came, her name is uh, Donna Marie Pie. So she owned Relish Cooking Studio. In, what uh, a classic KW. name for a food person. Donnery yeah, right. Pie. <laughs> Can't get any better, right? But um, yeah, that just led to teaching cooking classes. And uh, so I was able to use that to get on uh, kind of like my in on chopped. And that's so yeah, cool. like I was, I know like after like in the States, they had like firefighter edition ones. This was not that. Like I was yeah. against like some dude from Calgary who's like an executive chef. Were and, you just uh, kind of like, what am I doing here? Or were you like, let's go? <laughs> Well, yeah, like that's just me, right? Like, I don't know. It's just, I never really get to excite. Like, I just, it was just pretty, it was fun, right? Yeah. Like, I was more drawn into the excitement of it, like the lights, the camera, have oh. fun with it. What do I got to lose, right? Like, yeah. I'm literally course, a yeah. fire, firefighter who cooks coming in here against, like, I think the one girl was like 
worked at the Four Seasons in Toronto. Like these were legit chefs, right? But and you're just like, did anyone bring knives for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. My knife roll was a little smaller than all yeah. theirs, that's for sure. But yeah, it's oh. funny, man. Like I brought like at the firehouse, we had this like knife from the seventies, and I just love that thing. Well, I packed that up and I brought that. Yeah. One, right. Like, <laughs> but they the show the. Um, like all the produce, like they just loved it. Right. It was just a whole yeah. different yeah. vibe. Right. You don't. Can you break it down for us? Cause like watching it on TV, like it's always wild. Like the, it'll just be like, okay, you have uh, 30 minutes and you have like, you know, the most, re- you got a concrete brick, you got a, like <laughs> yeah. salt and pepper and you have a octopus go. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it is. I would have to say like the first round, um, like the appetite, it was a little nerve wracking. Like, so the first round is like 20 minutes. Right. And that is literally a blink of an eye to see when you see like pulling things out of the basket and you're like, I don't even know what this is. Like I've never seen this in my life. I can barely (laughs) chop vegetables in 20 minutes. Like, (laughs) yeah, but you just, you're moving and like it's hot in there and you can see like your competition is obviously making something good and cool. So yeah, like I, the first round I felt kind of the, like the first time I felt a little bit bit of pressure, like, Oh man, like I don't want to embarrass myself here. Yeah. Right. But it, uh, you know, it just kind of really worked out. I ended up making it to the finals. And what? So, what was your it, appetizer that you made? Um, so what I got was uh, leftover pad thai. Uh, <laughs> Chinoto. Me, me on a Sunday morning after a after a good night, that'd be pretty yeah. good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like, can't we just eat this leftover pad thai? Yeah, yeah, no, that's good not it. My appetizer is <laughs> yeah. still leftover pad thai. <laughs> yeah, and it's awesome. <laughs> I, I sprinkled peanuts yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they they wouldn't take that. So I had that um, chinoto, which is this, um, which I found out at the moment is uh, like a bitter orange Italian soda. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I had a black radish. And I had, uh, I think, garam masala. The Indian this is spice. where my, my brain just goes like, I'm out. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, it's actually a kind of funny story. So this is when they had um, Dean McDermott was the host. Mm-hmm. So this was like season two. This was right. Yeah. So Dean McDermott, like the guy, like Tori Spelling's husband there, the Canadian guy, he was the host. And so like a lot of the show, like the actual cooking, it is for real time, right? Like there is no pauses, no breaks. You got your 20 minutes, you got your 30 minutes, but like, some of the interviews and stuff in between, like that's kind of like they'll Side take bar. like, yeah, they'll do like little TV timeouts and adjust things and whatever. And so you never really know what's happening. Like you're not really prepped on how the show is all going to go. So yeah. right. I'm at like the the one station that's closest to the judges in D McDermott. And so they're doing a bunch of different takes, like just leading up, leading up. And then next thing you know, they say like, all right, chefs, this is real time. And I'm like, wait, what? Like real time? Like we're cooking real time? Like, and then next thing I know, Dean McDermott is telling me what to take out of my basket. And I actually like was thinking in my head, like, am I like supposed to do this now? And I missed what he said. <laughs> so I'm looking in the basket. I'm like, wait, what did he just say? And I pull the first thing out and it's You're this like, black what the radish. Fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm it's like this is like a dirty turnip. Like, what the <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do with this thing? <laughs> so I'm looking at this black thing and I'm like, well, all I know is it looks dirty, so I'm gonna peel it, right? And then uh, as I'm starting to cook and I had this idea, okay, I'm going to make a pad thai fritter. I'm going to make a little um, quick uh, pickle with this fucking black thing. I don't even know what it is. I'm going to make a quick pickle with this thing and it's going to be like a little salsa on top and I'll make like a dressing with this chinoto pop. 
Man, I have no idea how that even came yeah. into your head. I'd be like, I've, I'm going to stare at this basket <laughs> for the next 20, 19 minutes and 58 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like, so as I'm peeling this black radish, I can hear, like I hear Suster Lee, like world famous chef judge saying like, talking about like the black radish and the most, the, the best part of it is the skin. I'm like, Oh, oh my fucking God. I just peeled this thing. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, now I know it's a radish and I'm like, like I was going to cook it. So luckily I didn't do that. So I ended up making like this quick pickle, pulled it off, make this like great little fritter. Yeah. Anyway, just, so I just get I, the camera to pan. You're peeling it back out of the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, sneak got through the appetizer round. So that was good. So then after that, I'm just like, man, just chill out here. Have fun. When are you ever going to get to do this again? So yeah it just became a lot more fun and exciting and somebody's somebody's eliminated every round correct yeah so someone okay. got eliminated that round go to so they taste your food are you just like oh f- yeah like yeah just, totally and man. you're just like, like watching these world-renowned yeah. chefs and you're like man i am winging it i don't even know what two of those things are right now 100 <laughs> percent. yeah 100 percent. but that's the thing like at the end of the day i know i can make it taste good right so yeah. i know like so it tasted good like 100 it was like the fritter was awesome got that down like the turnip was actually good but so there's suser lee though and massimo he's the dude with like the curly mustache sitting yeah. there. i'm like yeah. man like i love these dudes and here they are eating my food so like this is pretty cool that, that so what they great. did so like cool. they what they did knock me on was like my chopping skills they were like the one guy roger mooking he just said like uh, yeah, he was ripping my chopping skills. Anyway, and you're like, bro, I brought this from the fire hall. <laughs> yeah, let me show you this knife. <laughs> this with isn't a Damascus handle. steel. This is from IKEA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would say, like, there's no, there's no refinement to my game. Like, I can 100 make a sock taste good, but there's no way. Like, I am not like a precision. I just don't. I just never. Right. Like, I don't have time for that. Like, I'm gonna make yeah. your food taste good. Is it gonna be the most delicately prepared? Uh, look beautiful on the plate. No, yeah, it's not. No. So is it going to look the, like something I want to take a, like a, not going to want to eat because it looks so good? Right. Or is it going to yes. look like a mess that tastes unreal? Yeah. So that was never, never my game, but they, uh, they liked the taste that had great flavor. So there I go. Sneak through into the, the main course rounds. So now there's three. What do they do with the food? Did they, do, they don't eat it all. Do they just kind of like wipe it into the garbage and you're just like, man, I just worked for 20 minutes on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They just take a little bite of everything. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're super critical, right? Like I think at, at some point they're just trying to find, they got to make it's TV too. Right. So yeah, oh, they got to yeah. find something. They're making a show out of this. So they, uh, yeah, they're pretty critical. Um, but yeah, like they take a little bite of everything and you just kind of wait for them to, rip you apart and stand there and you know you're just trying to justify every move you made and trying to remember in your head and um but yeah it's just it was uh i mean still like it's it's hard to believe now going back it's like seven years ago i was on there right but right uh just such a cool experience yeah that i'll never forget and that really like helped propel like uh my cookbook and yeah. and that sort of thing so right so what is more nerve-wracking chopped canada figuring it out on the go or just being at a big fire where you're <laughs> figuring it out on the go yeah you know like they uh they asked that question actually on chopped and i think what i said to dean was uh actually chopped was uh a little more a little more intimidating like you know like you know the fire ground right you're never really prepared for what's mm-hmm. on the other side of that door right but controlled chaos yeah yeah but i mean you're there with your team and 
Yeah. You know, like this is just you in front of a lights and there's millions of people no watching yeah. and you're just, again, trying to do your best out there. But yeah, I think at that moment in time, it was definitely, definitely chop was a little bit more nerve wracking. And I don't get like, I'm not really nervous like that. That's just not my personality. Like right. I could walk around any kitchen and feel pretty confident that I'm going to make something good. But just, yeah, like uh, at some point there, it just felt like a little, a little nerve wracking. Like this is for real. Like this isn't just like an audit. It's like, I'm going to be on TV. So the, you never know how you're going to get portrayed and how it's going to yeah. look. So you don't want to embarrass yourself. You don't want to embarrass your family or your fire department. Right. Like, yeah, you're yep. just trying to put on a good show for everybody. And luckily, well, you know, everyone's going to be watching it. hundred percent. Yeah. And you know what? Like, the brothers and sisters are like in oh, fire yeah. hall, right? They're so they had like viewing no parties what. and yeah, yeah, like <laughs> oh man, like the the how they were ripping my chopping, I still hear that all the time. Like <laughs> people don't I'm forget. Like, Dude, I, I finished second. Like I have a cookbook. I know, like <laughs> but I still hear like all these the, you all bring the comments them out some the, like good good meal at work, and they're just like, Yeah, bro, that's yep. chopping though. <laughs> this uh this sweet potato is not as the same size as that one, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's still a, such a great experience being on there. But yeah, yeah I mean, after you get kind of settled in, and after the first round, then uh, it just became a little more natural, a little more fun. And yeah, luckily made it to the finals. And I don't know, you can still catch it. It's on like season two. I think it was Apple's, it was on like Valentine's Day. It's called How About Them Apples. I'm for sure gonna watch this. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's good. Has there been any more opportunities to be on uh, a different like television show or anything like that? Yeah. So before, before COVID hit, I was, uh, I was a regular on the social. Oh, no way. Daytime TV there. Yeah. yeah I think I had Marilyn those. Dennis, right? Or no, so Marilyn Dennis is in the morning, but their, oh, okay. uh, their studios are right across from each other. But yeah, um, so social is uh, the one with uh, the four girls, like uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lainey, Melissa, DeGrello um cynthia lois yeah so there's the four yeah. girls it's basically like the canadian version of the view right and right. so um yeah i had uh probably about eight or so appearances on there just cooking segments with them oh, cool. and that's awesome did they reach out to you they did yeah so yeah. the first one was actually when the book came out so it's like probably around 2017 and yeah i would just basically have like a quarterly uh appearance on there so that was a really great experience. So yeah, so yeah, a bunch of like my platoon would come down and sit in the crowd and watch. And oh, that's awesome. really cool. Did yeah, you ever great. have like imposter syndrome? Just like the lights turn on, and you're like, "What am I doing here?" <laughs> uh, not really. No, like no. it just it just came like it's just all pretty natural. Unless I mean, like even like on Chop, like just pretty genuine, right? Like as long as yep. you're genuine, you're being yourself. Like I'm not trying to portray or be something I'm not. I, yeah, my story was is pretty real. Like. Yeah, so I never really feel like out of place or it just I like I like yeah. talking. I like yeah. people. It just came pretty natural, right? So no, that like really that felt like that so much. Overwhelming for some people, just like oh, man, yeah. I'm going on like national TV tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and like the social is live. Like that yeah. it is live TV. So I mean, if something goes wrong or you mess up or yeah, there's no, there's no, yeah, yeah, there's no, yeah, I feel like there's no take backs on that one, right? No. Like, yeah. So, so, how did the, uh, how did the cookbook come along? What was the, the process for getting that together? Where did the idea come from? I know obviously all the recipes in there aren't yours, it's from all across Canada. So, kind of yeah, walk us through yeah. that. I wanted to know how yeah. you connect with yeah. everyone. 
So, um, well, I guess where it all goes back again, uh, I got to thank my beautiful, lovely wife on that one for, uh, the inspiration and the push to do it. Like she, uh, like I said, like my grandma, like actually we were in Florida at my aunts and uncles and we were translating a bunch of my grandma's recipes from uh, French to English. And, uh, my wife was just like, you know what you should really like, just every time you make some at the far house, write it down, like just write down what you're doing. So even like the idea was never, it was going to be a published cookbook, but just along the lines, like, so just keep it I'm, for yourself. I'm, yeah. For our family. Right. So like pass along to our kids, you know, like our family moving forward. But then um, I was just telling the idea of like, man, like how cool would it be? Like, I know I'm not the only firefighter that cook. It's part of our culture. It's what we do. Like they're everywhere. So mm-hmm. what if I just like somehow could reach out to firefighters all over and it, I mean, I was going to go the world, but uh, it started in Canada and um, just can you imagine like just having recipes from all over and be so cool. Yeah. And then, uh, so it all goes back again to a uh, Donna Marie pie and relish cooking studio. Right. <laughs> so they, they carried cookbooks. I told her we got back from Florida. I told her this idea that uh, my wife and I had about doing this cookbook. Yeah. And um, she's like, well, how about like, let me just talk to some of like they had, they were selling cookbooks. Let me just talk to one of the salespeople and see how it goes. So whatever. So she put me in touch with uh, one fella. His name is Roland. He worked for white cat publishing. We met for Starbucks in Waterloo and I just told him the idea. He's like, you know, and I think you really got something here. Was in Toronto two weeks later. Next thing I know, I had a publisher. No way. So again, it was like super organic. It was very natural. Like I wasn't like banging down doors or anything. It all came pretty organically. And yeah. It's almost surprising that like that hadn't already been done before. Surprising. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, if you look up like firefighter cookbooks and this was the thing like once i had this idea to do it i'm like no like i'm not doing it like church charity basement cookbook right like i want this yeah. to be legit i want it to be oh, professionally yeah. published yeah. aesthetically real it looks amazing oh yeah thank like, you yeah you flip yeah. through it and you're like it is incredible quality yeah i couldn't be more proud of it not even that like all the my photographer was from waterloo my uh stylist was from waterloo and like the stylist works on like the Maryland Dennis show. The photographer is like the photographer, like sports check and Maple Leaf sports and entertainment. Like how I, in this little cookbook idea got hooked up with these people is just, it's unreal. Like it was yeah. just like a super cool story. I mean, we're in um, Waterloo fire station for, for five days, taking all the photography for the cookbook. And oh, yeah. I mean, we're all just swapping stories. Like all the crew knew these people and like all had friends from high school. And it was just like, I think that really comes through in the book, right? Like it's just a very genuine, authentic oh, it's book, like right? Guys yeah. that you work with, like every page you flip or girl, you know, like guys or girls you work with, you're just like, I've eaten yeah. something like this at the hall. Yeah. Like somebody's totally. brought something in like this or, or even you yeah. flip those pages and you're like, I know like the the crew I work with is going to love, love it. This. Yeah. Like this is exactly what I want to bring in for my next meal now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, even so how it reaching out to everybody, that was not easy. And I know it doesn't sound like that long ago, but 2015, I think, is when I started like the writing process. Like it took yeah. like four years to write, right? Oh, so wow. I went to my association president uh, asking for like permission to reach out to the IFF and uh, was granted permission, talked to the IFF, just see, can you guys just put out a blast email to every fire department that I am just looking for a station favorite? 
And like, hopefully it's like a locally inspired recipe. So I want like some seafood from the East coast. I want like, you know, some beef from Alberta. I want like something magical from Quebec, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just like you just think back like 2015 not that long ago but there wasn't really social media wasn't really hyped up and going so it was literally just like email and you know how like emails through like association to get down to like members oh, to yeah. write a recipe to get back to me like it was just two years in trying to get recipes from wow. other firefighters that and i'm sure you got a, a few that you're like eh, maybe not a hundred percent yeah and then like i would get a recipe that was literally a list of ingredients like no measurements, no. So I basically had to rewrite everybody's recipe oh, yeah. for them, uh, test it, see if like, you know, like I easily could have had enough recipes in my book, but I just think the idea of having, having other little, firefighters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I just think it was like the camaraderie behind that. And like the plan was to use uh well, and it happened like to use the cookbook for charity at each department, you know, like they buy books, they use it to, um, as a means for, to raise money for charity, like especially yeah. if you have somebody in it, there's a story of your town, you know, yeah. like, so yeah, it just came like, it was a lot of, a lot of labor, a lot of legwork, <laughs> just gathering recipes, gathering make, stories and, and having to make it at home, trial it like, yep. Yep. But uh, again, like the, that was really the difficult part. Like the, the publisher part was pretty easy. And then like actual, like the photography and the production of it, like, it was just awesome. Like it was how just long, so cool to be a part of. And how long did it take to pare down the recipes? Like you, I imagine you got probably f- uh, at least a hundred recipes. You know what? I didn't, to be no. honest, Tim, I, I really didn't, buddy. It was, uh, I would say like, I was, I don't say disappointed. Like everything I got was awesome. And like I said, like I could have put 140 recipes in myself, but I just yeah. wanted that whatever I could get. Right. And mm-hmm. so I mean, pretty much what I got, I use to be honest. So I got like 40, right? So, yeah. but all like pretty cool. Like what I got was exactly what I was looking for, right? Like Surrey BC, where he was like a trained chef, right? And he gave him like this yin and yang salmon. Like that's what you want from BC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like uh, Newfoundland gave me this baked muscle pasta, you know, like yeah. uh, guys in Manitoba gave me their like station chili you gotta have one chili right like everyone right. thinks we yeah. eat chili every day but <laughs> Stu makes a great white chili it is, yeah uh, Stu, never... where were you buddy i could have used you where were uh, you back you know day, what buddy? i i think if this went into the cookbook you would have sold um none, none. none. it was <laughs> a, a, arguably the worst meal i've ever cooked oh um, yeah and i'm really glad i got to share it with my crew um <laughs> yeah. you know with everyone it. has made a meal yeah. to get roasted for yeah and 100%. i think i think yeah. Everybody agreed that it it wasn't necessarily bad. It just really wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> we ranked it, it came in, in the it wasn't the top 10 worst I heard about it on a shifter. So. Yeah. 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 It was the yeah, 11th worst meal anyone's ever had. So I'm out of the top 10 at least. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. Yeah, like I got like every from like the Yukon like white um white horse gave me a recipe like the Yukon I got recipes like elk like cinnamon chocolate elk chili, you know, like the recipes I got yeah. from everyone was were was pretty amazing. So I was totally happy with that. And I mean, trying to get recipes from everyone really slowed down the production of the book. Probably, yeah. I guess say probably two years, right? Like mm-hmm. just waiting for emails. People say they're sending something, they don't. Then getting the stuff, having to rewrite it. Yeah, like it, it turned into a big production. I mean, hopefully going forward, I think uh, when life slows down a little bit here, like after the kids are kind of grown, I would love to do a second one. 
Yeah. yeah that'd and be now cool. that like now that social media like you get in this little like the firefighter community we talk about is pretty small, but then you get in this little firefighter chef community, right? And so now yeah. I'm friends with you know dudes from New York City and Miami and San Francisco and you oh, know yeah. all these they're they're doing the exact same thing in their city. So I just think you could I could really branch out and have this like even bigger, better you know, firefighter firehouse recipes from, you know, around the world would be, mm-hmm. would be pretty cool to do. So that's on the radar for sure. Hopefully down the line a little bit. After yes. retirement, is there any possibility of opening like, Oh, uh, some kind of boutique uh, restaurant or anything like that? Uh, you know, I think my wife would kill me, you know, but uh, <laughs> you just got to yeah. bring her in on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My best buddy, he is just so he, He's like me. We'll both have the opportunity to retire pretty early in life. We're both pretty fortunate. And he's just all set on a food truck. He wants us oh, to yeah. have a food oh, yeah. truck. Do it down south in the winter months. You do That'd it up unreal. here in the summer months. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Like that's there is uh, definitely a love and a passion for food that uh, that doesn't go away. So yeah. would never say no. There's always opportunities coming around. And yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just like yeah. That's what people always say. Like, would you ever go back and do a restaurant? I'm like, no, nah, man. It's like, a lot I'm of leaving. Stress, a lot of I'm leaving. The, yeah, I got the dream life right now, man. Like, yeah. I can I cook when I want. I got the dream job I always wanted. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, I I always say like I have my dream job from the minute like at the first page of the cookbook is me on my grandpa's fire truck. I was three years old. Right. right? Yeah. So I always wanted to be a firefighter. I never in my life wanted to be anything else. And then now like my passion, like cooking, food and all that, like I get to live that out too, right? Yeah. It's just uh, really a perfect marriage of things. So down so the road you, when the, the firefighting career is done, perhaps we'll see how, how it all you, rolls out. Are you the go-to guy like at home and at work that is just like dad's making this or, you know, Patrick's on cooking on today. Cooking it's going to be unreal. Yeah. 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 So now, yeah, definitely at home. I mean, my wife's an amazing cook too, but it's just, uh, she has a pretty heavy workload. So as yeah. you know, with our shifts, I'm, I got the opportunity to do it. Right. So yeah. I would say, uh, the, the meals we prepare now are a little different than when it was just her and I, yeah. but now, you know, throw a few more, uh, chicken nugget meals in on, <laughs> on the menu, right. We got a, for, uh, for we all got the kids, salmon, but... t- uh, whatever. And, uh, dino. Yeah. Nuggies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's here's your a... choice kids. Yeah. <laughs> salmon tartar or dino yeah. nuggies you choose. But I mean, we're pretty lucky. Our kids all eat like they'll they'll crush raw raw oysters with us. Like oh, we've nice. always wow. just fed them everything. Yeah. So we got a pretty non picky kid eaters here. So I think we're pretty lucky. But um, yeah, I, I do most of the cooking at home, and then the fire hall now. Though I would say like I can like I got the crews trained pretty good, right? Oh, so yeah. oh nice. The sous chefs I got a, are moving up. <laughs> sous chefs are great, and you know, like we kind of talked about this a little bit, Tim. Like it's just part of like. The firefighter culture right so yeah. uh i'm in a position now like as a captain of uh my station like that's that's part of our day you know like us cooking and eating together is uh that camaraderie that time together mm-hmm. where we can just put like all the emergency stuff and all that other shift stuff behind us and you're just in the kitchen kitchen having some laughs you got the it music is- going cooking and at the end of the day that, that's the stuff that you look back on and remember like the amount of things I've learned about myself and life just sitting at that kitchen table. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, it's that's so cool. uh, totally. And I, I've learned this, right? And in every shift I've been on, and that's why I was taught early by some pretty amazing veterans, and I've kind of carried it forward throughout my career, 
you cook together. I mean, it's that old family saying, right? Like a family cooks together, stays together, right? It goes for mm-hmm. like your shifts and your platoons too. Like every shift I've ever been on is so tightly knit, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone, we just, we're in there together. Uh, you eat it together and that's like, that's your family time, right? That's your time to chill out and talk about other things. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. so that's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty big on bringing in the sous chefs now. So some of the biggest recipes in the book, like the fish tacos and stuff, like I don't even really have to do anything anymore. <laughs> like the crew's got it, man. They can, yeah. they whip out the sriracha aioli and they the batter the fish and the, the jalapeno <laughs> kettle chips. Yeah, man, that's, and that's what you want. So touching base on like eating as a crew. Um, I remember when I first got hired, I was like, you know, I got the notice I was in training and I was just in the kind of ironing out a couple good recipes that I could bring to the hall. I get my station assignment. I show up and everyone's like, we're vegetarian. And I was like, Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Time to uh, okay. improvise. Yeah. Adapt overcome here. So like, what are your, just let me call my buddy Patrick here and see what he has to say. <laughs> yeah, let's about... see what we got. <laughs> Going hidden um, up Pinterest, trying to find. I'm just kind of wondering, like, what are your thoughts on like diet at the fire diets at the fire hall or guys that or girls that aren't in on crew meals? Because it's always kind of a wrench in the mix when you got totally, four, yeah. six, eight people at the hall and you're like, all right, we're gonna have this, and they're like, oh, I don't like to eat rice. I, I'm on a paleo, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're and killing I mean, me. <laughs> Yeah. And this has even been such a huge change I've seen over like my career, right? Like back in the day, like our dinner plates were literally platters. Like it was not a plate. It was a platter. Oh, the meal's not done until you hate yourself. Yeah. Right. And you would have like, these guys would eat two and three platters. Like it wasn't about quality, right? It was quantity. And um, so I find like that has changed immensely. Even like there's stories in the cookbook just from some of the different recipes, like some of like my Thai inspired recipes and stuff like that. Like those weren't easy sells in the beginning, right? Like Waterloo, pretty meat potato. Like they like their farmer sausage, their sauerkraut, their mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Like that was a pretty standard meal we would have once a week. And, you know, bringing in different flavors and stuff was like pretty key, but uh, just always encouraged like open mind, like, come on, like you can kind of joke with, you know, the guys and the girls, let's just open mind. Come on, man. Like just try yeah. this tie yeah. skewer for me. Right. And whatever and end up loving it. And then next thing you know, you, you got them to try another one and another yeah. one. Right. Um, as far as like diets, yeah, I would still run into that all the time. Like we, uh, think we're, we always try to adapt and do where we can. Right. And, uh, if anyone's on special diets or that sort of thing, I guess we see totally way more of that now, but uh, like just include them, like make a meal specifically for them. Right. Yeah. So they still feel that inclusion and, yep. um, I find it, it, it gets kind of, um, almost like stressful at the, at the trying to pick a meal. Cause I was on a crew once where there was vegetarians, there was meat lovers, there was somebody that didn't like rice. There was somebody that was eating like, so, <laughs> it was just like such a constrictive. I'm like, okay, so we oh, can yeah. have like spaghetti, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's hard to think outside the box and like include everyone. And like, totally. you know, I, I just like remember just thinking like, you know, doing crew meals is like, man, this is sometimes like more stressful than actually like being at work sometimes. Cause it, <laughs> yeah. it's like such a yeah. balance, right? Like totally. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just, yeah, you try to, and you want everybody involved, right? Like it sucks if you have two people not in because they're on special meals or they're pretty picky, but 
Yeah, I mean, we, uh, I've been very adamant throughout like my cooking career at the firehouse. Like, you got to try it, man. If you're going to tell me you don't like something, I want to physically see you eat it. And if you don't like how I prepared it, then I'll let you not eat it. But if you're coming in and I'm like in, like, I think one in the cookbook, it was, this was a big, big one for sure. Like a blue cheese encrusted steak sandwich. And I remember some like, just like, no, no blue cheese for me. I'm like, now nah, you're going to try it. And like, <laughs> no, I do not like blue. I can't even smell it. I'm like, no, man, you're going to try it. Okay. And then, so like they try and the next thing, you know, they're piling the blue cheese on top of the sandwich, yeah. right? You're like, going to try it or you're getting dino nuggies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it's dino nuggies for the next four shifts <laughs> if you keep, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing about the firehouse, right? You have, there's as many personalities as oh, there is yeah. people yeah. like the dietary restrictions. Now I think like, it's definitely like lots of different diets going around, but, Always just try to make something that can include somebody, right? And yeah, yeah as he's talked about like Pinterest or whatever, like the internet is an endless resource. 100%. I know a, a pretty good cookbook you could look up and see if you can find <laughs> anything in there. But uh, yeah, I just think like always just try to include. And then, yeah, I mean, we have guys that I don't like sauce. I don't like this. So all right, I will make you a special little plate during yeah. like the actual plating process. But yeah, just uh, a little extra effort, but just try to include everybody. That's uh, yeah. that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Are there um? So when you're when you're cooking, are there any like meals that have always just like stood out to you, or the crews oh, that staples, you're working yeah. with as like the staple meal? Where if you're like, it's my turn to cook tonight, I want to go. Like this is the meal that will always or usually just goes over great with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. The. Yeah, the jalapeno uh, kettle chip fish tacos yeah. is always a big one for sure. Still, that one gets yeah, recommended. Same. Yeah, it gets requested, I should say, all the time. <laughs> and that's a great one too because there's a lot of parts to that one. So then, yeah, your crew's all involved. One guy's yeah. making pico, one guy's making guac, one guy's making the slaw. You know, like it really gets everyone involved. Um, yeah. There's, a, I mean, three meat, three heat burger. Yeah. It's still a pretty request. So if you see, there's a pretty <laughs> sweet picture of that one in the cookbook. Like, yeah, there's uh, they, they just, yeah, the, the same ones seem to come up often, but yeah. uh, we like trying new stuff too. So yeah, you got to um, keep always, it, keep it fresh. Yeah. Always trying to build throw in a, right? a white chili every once in a while. Yeah. yeah white chili. Yeah. We actually, yeah. We're third big fans of the white chili as well. So yeah, we uh, we always that's part of our morning briefing. Actually, okay, so what's uh, what are we having tonight? Yeah, guys. Okay, so then everyone will kind of throw out what they're thinking, and then uh, like I said, like me, kind of like mashing ideas together. Like I want uh, buffalo chicken, something. I want lasagna. I'm like, I right, well, let's make a buffalo chicken lasagna. Like that's always just that's yeah. always just come pretty natural. So everyone what, just like, kind of looks to the guru. Like, what do we got? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll come up with something. Yeah, like what's on sale? Where are we going to shop? You know, like oh, yeah. that's like yeah. another thing about crew meals is like the price of stuff. I'm like, oh man, thumbing through flyers, like oh, raspberries are on sale at No Frills. Like, yeah, oh totally. Like I remember, a bill like, we, and like people. If your like, meal, what? If, yeah, if your meal was over five dollars when I first started, people would not want to eat it. They yeah. that was, and now like you're lucky if you like we cannot make a uh, dinner for like yeah. less than 10 like it's yeah, pretty yeah. hard to even do for that and that's like searching deals and maybe not getting the high-end parm you know yeah, like there's yeah. uh you know definitely like yeah we shop where the sales are now that's so for sure like we're like what we do is like you'll bring in lunch and dinner for most crews and like 
if it's it's like pushing 20 bucks now, like especially oh, yeah. if you're getting something with meat. And it's yep. just like, I know that forever, like this is kind of just how it kind of goes is you end up eating a couple bucks off every bill because you just feel bad. You're like, uh, 15 bucks. Like, oh, 100%. I lost so much money in the beginning. Like, just like, well, man, I just got, I just made these guys the blue cheese encrusted sandwich. There's no way they're going to have, they're not going to pay more than five bucks. So yeah, you just eat a big portion of the bill because <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. afraid to tell all the old boys around the table that, you know, your meal is actually $10 guys. Like, yeah. man, you'd be like, crucified. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's another tricky thing these days yeah. as well. Right. Like, yeah. The, the f- I heard a story one time where somebody was mad about the price of the bill. So they came out with all change and just stood it. In the tower <laughs> on the table. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, any way to get a razz, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is there any advice that you have for any up and coming chefs or anything just around the fire hall or just in general, any things that they could work on or tips that you would suggest? Yeah, I would. My main thing is just be involved, right? Like be involved. If you are scared in the kitchen, like you have literally no cooking skills at all. That doesn't matter. That's not a free pass to to get out. Even if you don't want to eat the meals, like we, if you are on a special diet, you have allergies, whatever reason, you are still in the kitchen and you're involved. You're helping yeah. prep, you're helping clean. Like that, as a, as someone new coming in, I would say that's essential. And that goes a long way in building the start of your career, right? Building mm-hmm. that rapport 100%. with your crew. Yeah, like, I mean, you only have so much time out on the fire ground. Like your time where you build these bonds and everything is in your firehouse. So... If you are in there contributing, then that will go a super long way. So, I mean, if you can cook and you can bring something, like bring some baked goods, buy some, like whatever, just be involved. It's the best part of like the day when you're just like, you know, shit and, you know, cracking jokes and just having a good time. Like, absolutely. Yeah. That's, you go back to it, right? Yeah. You think, yeah, I think he's mentioned it, Tim, like all those memories you have, like it's those times around the firehouse, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you're, it's definitely ingrained when you get put into emergency situations together, but I mean, your, your bond and everything starts way before that. And it starts when you walk in that door. So if you come in and you show you're just, you're part of the team and you're willing to do anything, even if you don't have the skill set to do it just yet, trust me, you'll learn like someone is going to be willing to teach you. And even if you don't need it, doesn't matter. Just be part of the process. I think you'll uh, uh will go a long way for sure in building your uh your your reputation and your um your team your team building uh camaraderie moving forward. Yeah, yeah. some of the like, I look forward to it to the most. You know what else blows me away is what some like people can do at work with just a regular standard oven and like warped pots and pans and like, a scalp, <laughs> it's uh, a, yeah a spatula a, that's like melted yeah. in half and you're just like where oh, did this pizza come from <laughs> yeah it's funny like i look at all my my uh my uh social media buddies down in like southern state us like their kitchens are nicer than any commercial kitchen i've ever been to here right yeah. like their their stations are pretty well equipped and I think my last uh, couple articles ago in Canadian Firefighter Magazine, I wrote, I wrote about like the the pots and pans that we actually use, right? Like, oh yeah, you would never use these things in your home ever no. in your life. But they're yeah, brand like, new and like next shift, they're like warped like a skateboard, and you're like, what oh, yeah. happened? Yeah, someone you catch someone like cutting their meal in the pan, like, yeah, come on, man, like it's 
Yeah, pretty crazy, like the stuff we do, but it's that's just the nature of who we yeah. are in the job we do, right? Like make something out of anything, you know, yeah. that's we we do every day. So Yeah, it's always it always blows my mind what some people can make. I'm just like, dude, like how? Like <laughs> it's all intuitive too. It's I know. Like they, yeah. They see the ingredients and you just know how it's gonna go yeah, together. If I don't have something yeah. that's laid yeah. out exactly in a recipe and already done for me. I'm like, oh I added sriracha to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I always joke too, right? And there's a, some for like, if you can, for the new new people coming in on chef, right? If you can read, you can cook, right? Like if, if you can follow a recipe, you can, you can cook. And then, I mean, that's, I'd imagine where most people start. Then the intuitiveness comes from practice, right? Like that just comes from like playing around in the kitchen and like, all right, well, I'm not going to follow that recipe. Actually, I'm going to add a little bit of this and I'm going to add a little bit of that. And then next thing you know, you're, you're making relying on your sauces. Yeah, you're relying yeah. on your senses. So, oh, I need a little more sweetness here. I need a little more acid here. I need a little more salt. You know, I, like that's the thing that gets me. Like my partner Cassandra, she's a really good cook, and she'll say like, "Yeah, this is too much acid. This is too." And I'm just like, it tastes like ranch dressing to me. Like I, don't know. <laughs> like, I would stop there, but you, you know, go nuts. <laughs> but that's again, that's the thing. Like when I was first starting out, like I literally read. Culinary Institute of America's textbook. So I don't, wow. if you ever see this thing, it's a beast. It's 2000 pages. It's okay. what people use when they go to, and the CIA is like, it's uh, the most prestigious cooking school in the world. But like I read the textbook and then you, you learn things like that, right? Wow. You learn about right. acid. You learn how things complement each other. Yeah. If something is too tart, how do I make it not, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, trust me, like I put in, I put in the work to, to learn these things. And then again, like, just cooking like I love eating. So that yeah. means like the cooking, I like just playing with different things. And then it just all of a sudden becomes second nature. I got a little overconfident once with uh, my ability to make sauces. One time I was trying to make something out of tahini and I was like, this tastes like washed up, like snow. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what happened? What did I do? Hey, man, you could ask anyone I, and they're going to have some recipe fails. That's for sure. Like, like there's yeah, no you saving think he, this one. <laughs> my yep. buddy came over he tasted it. he's like ah um let me let's try something else maybe we just wrap <laughs> it and try it again yeah oh yeah for sure yeah everyone's got a story of something trying and didn't quite work out that's for sure that's great thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it um where where can people reach out to you where can people find your book um, yeah so the book is available um most chapters across canada or you can get it at indigo online uh i think you mentioned amazon at the beginning there tim that's always a, a great place to get it yeah. as well um you can always reach out to me uh social media uh, my instagram is uh, station house underscore um you can always reach out to me there contact me any questions stories i love that stuff i love the brotherhood and sisterhood i love hearing from people and what they're cooking um and then yeah by email if they want as well it's the firehouse underscore chef at yahoo.ca still rocking the yahoo uh email addresses say, the dot ca you don't see a lot of those oh yeah man, email and it was the worst drop down decision of all time I'm like it'll catch <laughs> on right yeah yeah for sure um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the book, yeah, by all means like Indigo, Amazon, all great places. And then, yeah, my Instagram, I can send that out to you guys if you yeah. want to put it on wherever you do. And yeah, I love hearing, uh, yeah, questions, stories, any of that stuff. Always look forward to it.